All right. What's going on, everybody? This is season two, episode five, Dan on top. And my goodness, do we have a treat today. I have live in studio over there in Detroit, Michigan, while I'm here interviewing him in Scottsdale, Arizona, remotely. The man, the myth, the legend, the CEO and founder of NRM Streamcast, Paul Benzman. Paul, how you doing? What an intro. I don't think I've ever received an intro like that on my own network. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Hey, Dan, nice to see you enjoying the lovely weather, though you missed some great weather in Detroit the last few days. 75 and sunny yesterday. Today's sunny and about 45. But, uh, hey, we miss you in the studio, but I see you're getting uh, burnt out there in, uh, in Scottsdale. Yeah, I miss you, too. I can't even tell you. It's so interesting to see you sitting where I normally sit. I know you're in here big office in the back and in the studio and I'm in there and it's just like, this is so cool. So listen, first of all, I want to just tell everybody who doesn't know Paul, the few of you out there, because Paul is the type of guy you go to a restaurant. I've been to restaurants with Paul takes him 45 minutes to get to the table because of how many people he runs into on the way from the door and the hostess stand all the way over to the table. So for anybody who doesn't know Paul, he owns, operates, runs, founded, and just is, is the, the brains and, and the brawn behind NRM Streamcast, which from my perspective, NRM changed my life. Ever since I've had this Streamcast, I've seen an incredible increase in my following, my engagement, the level of professionalism of the stuff that I put out there. And, and I've got a lot of gratitude to Paul, not only as someone I work with, but as a friend and a mentor. So Paul, you know, thank you. I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you stepping in and Thanks for agreeing to be on, on Dan on Top. Well, Dan, I got a surprise for you. I'm hijacking the show. Uh, you no. Know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the show over right now because, you, you know, I've got to talk about you... I got to talk about you a little bit. Thank you for the accolades and all the other things. But, but I met you a few months ago, actually a couple months ago, actually, and it wasn't that long ago. And I want to tell that story. And I want to talk about okay. you. And then I want to ask you some questions. So can you sit back for a minute? Listen, I could use the vacation. I'm going to sit back and relax. Uh, well, you've been enjoying a vacation while we're working our butts off here in Detroit. But no, you know, you work and you work, and I know you never stop working. So, you know, Dan, it, it's been an honor to know you this short time, and it's it's really a funny story. Uh, and I'll start with this. Um, it was a nice Thursday afternoon, and I was going out, and I work seven days a week. And I figured, you know what, I'm going to cut out early today. So I cut out about 1 o'clock, and I went out, and something told me to come back to the office. I don't know what it was. It said, come back to the office. So I go to my office, and then you were on uh, Rabbi's V. Jacobson show, I remember. And you guys That's got right. on the show, and I said, hey, guys, come into my office. And I think it took me about four minutes to understand who you were, uh, asking questions. And, and I, I noticed I read people well, being in business for almost all my life, and I just turned 60 this year. And I recognized uh, who you were. Um, it, it, it was a short interview. Uh, a definite entrepreneur, a definite guy who's going places in the real estate world because I don't think people know I'm a broker for 24 years. So my main business that funded a lot of other stuff was my brokerage business. So I met you, and I think I handed a listing over to you like in five minutes or told you about a listing Yeah, it was or amazing. That was and amazing. Said, you offered me a job as a broker. Yeah. You offered me, I think, to go out to dinner. And then the next day, you offered me a listing from a client of yours. The next day, the guy called me. I was like, this guy, Paul, is legit. So, and I knew you were legit. So, you know, let's go to our love affair that started, our love fest that we did. And don't tell your fiance about our love affair. Uh, but we saw it, and I saw you right away. And I knew that I had a very good friend from high school, had a building. And I knew right away that you could handle it, that I was going to give it over to someone that was very confident and that could move the product. 
and the property. And I said, wow, I really like this guy. But at the same time as you got off the show, I think it took you about two minutes to say, get me a contract for my own show. And, and I think we got it to you the next day, and, and then our journey started. And it's amazing the results that you get that every time you put up a show, someone either wants to be on the show or have their own show. So uh, hats off to you for being a great, uh, a great show host and, and really knowing what you do. But I want to ask you a few questions. And, and once again, I've been interviewing people now for many, many years. Uh, way before we started NRM Streamcast uh, on radio and all over the place. But by the way, you look good on radio, man. You look good on Streamcast, and you sound great. I'm gonna maybe it. you'll be the host from now on. <laughs> there you go. Well, I you know I appreciate the business. I, I was a disc jockey in high school and, and did bar mitzvahs and parties, spinning disco records from 1978 to '84. So I've been around. Uh, my true passion is really uh, helping people is really giving people guidance and really helping people in life. And I think it comes back tenfold. And whether it's a real estate client that I, I've killed deals where people brought me deals, my clients, and said, go, go make this deal for me. And I said, it's not the right deal. And I think that's a big part of the industry is trusting your broker and understanding the person. Because if they don't trust your broker, you don't build a relationship. You might do one deal, but not hundreds of deals or 20 deals with the person. So enough of my preaching of that. But, you know, as I, as I met you, I knew there was something special behind you. Um, you know, I looked at you at, at your age and your in your mid to upper thirties, and me at sixty, saying, uh, "That's me back then." And, and your power, your drive, your 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 thoughtfulness, everything in one. And and it's not just you're out there to get someone. You have passion for what you do, but you also have passion for people. And and that's the important thing behind being a successful businessman and an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, sometimes we come in as a bulldog, um, and and that with age slows down because you know we get, lose a little energy. But the relationship, so. I want to ask you, what was your first job? Go back, go way what was back. My first job? Yeah, as wow. a child, or you know, what was the first thing you sold? First thing I sold was definitely shoes, and you'll appreciate this. Yeah, I was a shoe salesman at Dunham's when Dunham's was located on Northwestern Orchard, and I learned a lot. I had a lovely young lady named Allison who trained me, sweetheart of a woman. She'd been working there for like. 10, 15 years, and she was just a lovely person, taught me everything I needed to know about sneakers. I know actually you have a sneaker background too, which is funny. And uh, I, I really, I won some awards at Dunham. So I was this, you know, 15, 16 year old kid and I was winning sales awards. And it was just really cool to feel appreciated and to feel recognized and to feel seen. And I think that it's funny that you asked me that because I didn't recognize until just now that my drive to see people and to recognize, I lead by example and I lead with a servant leadership type mentality, but I also lead by recognizing and by giving call outs and giving credit. And I think I, I learned that from Dunham's because they really did an excellent job of doing that. And uh, that propelled me into a sales career that's lasted now uh, well over 20 years. It's funny you say that in 1975, when I was 15, uh, sold sneakers at Sneakers and Cleats, their first store at Northland Mall. So uh, we had the same career start. I learned in sneakers, and we looked at these things called Adidas in 1975 and said, who's going to pay $60 for a pair of shoes? And uh, I yeah. was proven in a couple of weeks that a lot of people would, and I sold a lot of socks. And being part-time, I think I sold more tube socks and socks than anyone else who worked full-time. So it was funny. So your first job was shoes, very, very similar there. And so where did you go from your shoe career? What was the next job? I actually worked for Starbucks and I learned a lot at Starbucks. I think Howard Schultz is an amazing individual. I learned a lot about the value of, of a customer obsession and the value of, you know, the customer is always right. Believe it or not, there were people that would come into Starbucks and spend $25, $30 a day. They would come in three or four times a day. 
you know, you'd see them at, at 7 a.m., you'd see them at, at 9 or at 11, see them on their lunch hour, you'd see them after work. And, you know, these people became friendly, we became friends with each other. And what I noticed was, you know, if somebody says, hey, Dan, I know you just made me this cup, right? And I drank the whole thing and there's this much left, but you did a bad job and I want some more. Why would I ever tell that guy or gal no? I would say 100%, whatever makes you happy, let me spend the extra three cents of Starbucks bottom line to get you something because you're spending 25 or $30 a day here. And I think that that was a crucial aspect of business of putting the customer first. You know, I worked later at Amazon. Amazon claims to be the most customer centric company in the universe. I do believe that they're at least up there, one of the top in terms of customer centricism. And I think that that's huge because ultimately without the customer, right, without the client, there is no business. Right. And, and I got to realize and people have to realize that the customer is always right, even when they're wrong. Um, you know, the customer makes your paycheck. They pay for the lights. They pay for everything. Yeah. So the customer 100%. is right. And so let's let's move it up a little further. Yeah, right? you want to say let something? me tell you one more thing. I'm sorry. It's hard for you without the mic. I'm just going to be straight. No, up. no problem. The, the, the thing that people don't realize is even you said it beautifully, Paul, even when the customer isn't right, they're right. And furthermore, as a proprietor, as an entrepreneur, you feel right. So even when they're wrong, not only are they right, but do your best to make them feel right. Exactly. I mean, you really got to go to the customer and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry we did this wrong. What can I do to make it right? Uh, make them happy because the customer pays the paycheck and, and, and they're there to support you as a salesperson or as a server or anything else because they're writing your check indirectly. They're giving the money to the owner to write your check. So we're going to jump up from uh, selling shoes and pouring coffee and shipping packages or selling packages or handling whatever you did at Amazon, uh, washing the trucks. No, I didn't think you did that. But anyways, no, but what I would say is let's, let's jump forward to your current career because, you know, it, it's funny because uh, I consider you a, a young rock star in the industry of real estate. And it's it's funny because, you know, I think when we joined in and I think we're on the phone about five, six times a day now. And it's looking at what's your advice, what you're thinking, and how do I do this, and what should I do this? And it, it's great to give you advice, but it's more amazing that you accept it. And, and you know, and, and I learned a long time ago, whether it's personal relationships, whether it's one of my 17 marriages, I mean, one of my two marriages, uh, or whatever it is, you know, the joke is I'm saving for my third ex-wife. But the end of the day is is really learning to, if you give an opinion, uh, don't expect someone to take it all the time. You know, I learned yeah. that the acceptance rate is about 20, 30 percent because, you know, some just because someone asks, they don't mean they accept it. But with you, it's very interesting. You're a good listener. And some people might debate that, but I've gotten you to listen and you listen and you do a great job of listening. And then you repeat it to yourself and you want to say, yeah, maybe that is the way to go. But on the same side, you come back and you give a rebuttal that makes sense. And so the balance of that is quite amazing. And once again, I run through a lot of people every year. I mean, I get calls. I probably get 200 emails a day in all my emails, and I don't return them all as fast, and I get probably 50 calls a day. And But when you ring and I'm available, I'll take it because I know it's a worthy call. And I want to put that on your, on your shoulders or on your back to say, hey, I'm going to pat you back there. But let's, let's talk about it. How and why did you get into commercial real estate? Yeah, so first of all, thank you. I, I appreciate those compliments. And, you know, I think that I owe a lot of that to my, my time in Israel studying uh, insofar as, you know, what I came to realize is that the pursuit of truth or the pursuit of what is right is more important than being right. 
And that's why I'm open to feedback and I, I'm always trying to grow because I feel like if someone can help me or if I can help them strive, strive for truth and strive for excellence, why not do it together? So in terms of, of your question with real estate, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, it's my passion. It's, it's something that I, I, I believe in all humility. I'm, I'm very good at and, and I enjoy. I've met some incredible individuals and a, a commercial real estate broker and as an investor myself, I have fun. And I advise people. I always tell tell people. I just hired four interns, and I have a junior broker. And I, I always say to them, I learned this from other brokers, and it's total truth. Don't be a broker. Be an advisor. Don't look for money. Look for value. If you can add value to people, if you can be an advisor to clients, you'll never be short of deals and business. Period. Yeah, it's it's important because once again, it's a relationship business. You know, people wonder, and, and you've got to be a people person to be in the commercial brokerage business. And sometimes you got to be a pretty thick-thinned, a, a thick-skinned, I should say, because at the end of the day, um, I always joke about it that, that you want to be more than just the schmuck in the middle, the guy in the middle that brokers the piece. I think you're giving advice uh, to both parties. And, and you know, you learn, yeah. it, and I think you learn as you go on in sales what the perception of value is. One, the service that we offer as brokers and two, the value that the client's either paying or selling a property for is really when the sale's achieved, when the perception of value is achieved. And I think we guide oh, yeah. both parties to that. 100%. And at the end of the day, my job is worthless until there's a transaction. I don't get paid a penny until there's a transaction, a completed transaction. And at the end of the day, the buck does stop here. Because if that transaction falls short at any point, whether it's during due diligence, whether it's in an inspection, whether it's some type of contingency or just difficult situation, whatever, pandemic, okay, force major, whatever you want to say, whatever situation, we could go on forever and forever, forever. The buck stops here because if, if any of those things stop the transaction or if I'm not able to push it through, I have provided zero value in essence to my buyer and or seller and therefore I don't. I hate to use the word deserve, but I have not earned a paycheck. And that's what people have to recognize is for every deal that crosses the finish line, there's a couple hundred that don't. And that could mean a phone call. That could mean a proposal. That could mean a deal that doesn't close. So I think it's very important to you know respect your commercial real estate broker. We have a hard job. We work for our money. We earn our keep. you know. And at the end of the day, we're here to provide value to you, just like you're providing value to us. And I think those are the, those are the the best types of relationships. Yeah, I, I've gotten where there's been attorneys at closing look at us and say, you're getting paid what? I said, yeah, but you get per hour no matter the deal goes or doesn't go. I said, I've got to go totally. through 20 deals that don't get done to get to this table to do this deal. And I think they recognize that what it is because, you know, they're sitting there and some of these top real estate brokers do get four or five hours an hour and they get a check of 20000 in the end, but you just closed a million-dollar deal where you're, you're receiving 5% and they look at it and say, what is this check for? And I think we realize that uh, we do add a lot of value. So I'm going to give the show back to you for the last few minutes because I like you to do your, your outro when you did the intro. But, you know, I, I want to say it that uh, I'm a better person and our company is a better platform for having you on it and for me meeting you, uh, for us to have a, a good friendship and business relationship for uh, the rest of our lives, uh, may, however long that is. And I'm sure it will be profitable and, and, and enjoyable. But uh, take the show over if you'd like, because, you know, you're the one paying for this time. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, Paul. I, I appreciate the little opportunity to kick back and relax. And it's just it's such a pleasure being part of NRM. And it's, it's really an even greater pleasure to be part of your life. I think this is a great example of a value proposition of an abundance mentality 
of one plus one equals seven, right? The mastermind effect that Napoleon Hill talks about in, in his books like Think and Grow Rich. Because I know Paul, I know myself, and I know that what we have together is better and bigger than what we would have separately. And as more people who are on my show, for example, who are signing up for their own streamcast because it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, at least if you do it with NRM streamcasting, those people come in and add value. And together we just have this insane synergy. And I'm noticing that on social media sites such as LinkedIn. You know, I have a new group. It's called the Impatient All-Stars, which I think you are definitely a part of for a long time. I'm for sure a part of. And these are all guys and gals. What do you mean impatient? What do you mean impatient? Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean impatient? Just had to do that. Exactly. That's my point. And, you know, at certain times we have to sit back and relax. At other times we have to step up and, 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 and do what we need to do to make things happen. So my point here is just that don't be scared. Anybody who's watching this, reach out to me at any time. Reach out to Paul. He's a great guy. And if you're not doing a streamcast, it's like, what are you doing? Today's it's 2020, okay? It's been an incredible year. This is the most opportunity I've ever seen or I've ever been exposed to. And at the same time, it's been a year of difficulty and challenge. And with difficulty and challenge comes opportunity. So I want to challenge everybody watching to step up, to think about who you can work with, who you can help, who you can add value to, whose life you can impact and change. Thank you, Paul Benzman. Thank you, NRM Streamcast. Thank you, everyone behind the booth and everyone watching this. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to having you on top right there with me, Dan on Top, Season 2, Episode 5. Paul Benzman, NRM Streamcast. That's a wrap. I'll see you all soon.